So, we're going to get ready to go to the Word of the Lord tonight. Are you ready? Now, I'm kind of excited about this lesson again. I was excited about last week's lesson. Last week's lesson, you remember what it was on? It was on laugh. I, I switched it all up. It was on laugh, love, and live. And we were talking about enjoying your walk with the Lord. Okay, uh, now at 7.43, if you listen good, I may have you out here by 8.30. I mean, I should get pastor of the year. I had you out here by 11.40 Sunday. Thanks. Thanks. That's right. Yeah. The only thing is, when you leave early like that, then you got to stand in line and the Baptists are in front of you and the Presbyterians and all of them are in front of you in line. So you just might as well go to 1 o'clock and then you just walk right on in. That holy rollers are here now. All right. So, <laughs> holy rollers. Laugh. So enjoy Christianity. Enjoy your journey. And there was something in there that I said last week, and I want to hit on it tonight. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11, first of all. Isaiah 28, 11. This is an Old Testament scripture here that refers to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay, it says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Okay, I want to key on the the word rest and refreshing there. Next verse says this in the amplified. Verse 12, to these complaining Jews, the Lord had said, this is the true rest. Everybody say rest. The way to true comfort and happiness that you shall give to the weary, and this is the true refreshing. Now, God wants you to be able to walk in refreshing. He wants you to be able to walk and enjoy the journey and not be a struggle for you. Okay? Now, this is the word that I brought about last night, last week. I talked about, remember I said you got to rest in the Lord? Anybody remember when I said that? You have to rest in the Lord. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. That's in Isaiah 28. And then last week we talked in John 15, chapter 15, about abiding. You have to abide. You have to abide in the Lord and rest in the Lord. So tonight I want to talk about finding contentment. Okay? Finding contentment. We want you to be content. Don't raise your hand, but anybody in here not content? I know a lot of times, told you not to raise your hand as you walked out the door. A lot of times, um, newlyweds get discontented. Okay, a young couple gets married, and they they get married, and, and all they have is a whole lot of love and a whole lot of dreams and ambitions, and they see everything their parents have. They see the furniture. They see the cars. They see the nice drapes. They see the mini blinds. They see the nice carpet, the night, whatever it is. And they want that right now. Okay? But you're not going to get that right now. But there's a, a, a discontentment there because they want that. And as you get older, I think as you get older... I don't know, I'm the only one getting old with, in my, on my body. So, I mean, I'm the only one, I'm like a lab specimen here. And you're your own lab specimen. But I think as you get older, things don't mean, mean as much. Things, I mean, things are just things. Right? So let's find contentment tonight in our walk with the Lord. The Bible clearly teaches us to be content no matter what our circumstances are. You got good circumstances, you got bad circumstances, you're still content. Sometimes contentment and contentment and trust kind of go together here. Um, it's easy for me to trust the Lord if I've got five hundred dollars in my pocket and ten thousand in the bank. I can trust the Lord for that. I mean, I don't even have to pray, give me this day my daily bread. 
because I know that it's in the fridge. And if it ain't in the fridge, I'm going to go through KFC where they coughed the COVID on the glove that got on the tongs that fell on my piece of chicken that I'm fixing to eat. Right? Follow, follow the line. Follow it. You know what I'm saying. But it's hard to trust when you got 10 bucks and that's all you got. And you know if you have an emergency, there's no money in savings. There's nothing in the checking account. How about this? You paid all the bills and you got 50 bucks till next payday two weeks from now. That's hard to be content. That's hard to trust. But in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, the Bible tells us to be content. Philippians 4. Philippians 4 is an incredible chapter. I, I dare somebody read it this week. You got a couple more days before Sunday. Read Philippians 4. It's an incredible chapter. Verse 11 says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, Paul was not talking about Illinois, Kentucky, or Florida. That's not the state he was talking about. He was talking about if, if I got money in my pocket, I'm content. If I don't have any money, I'm still content. If I've got food, I'm good. If I don't have food, I'm still good. If I got clothes, I got, I'm good. If I don't have clothes, I'm good. If I got a lot of friends around me, I'm good. If I don't have a lot of friends around me, I'm still good. Whatever state I'm in, I'm going to be content. That's what he said here. The Amplified says, I have learned how to be content, which means satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatsoever state I am. I read that in the Amplified. I thought, I'm going to look, look that up. So disturbed, okay? Disturbed. Having had its normal pattern or function disrupted. There are times in our daily routine, if our daily routine gets interrupted, we're disturbed. And it throws our whole day off. Come on, we've all had those days. Well, I had a day, there was, this is years ago. We were in this building there was a woman who came to church here, and it was summertime. I remember it was hot, and uh, she worked up in Taylorville. And so, okay, that was fine. Well, that was on a, I think it might have been on a Wednesday night at church, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready because Thursday is, I'm a work day. Thursday is a work day that week, and I'm going to get this done, and I'm going to get this done, and I'm going to get this done. I'm going to mow, I'm going to weed eat, i got to haul trash, i got to do this, i got to do that. I had this big list. At 1024, I'll never forget it, at 1024 my phone started buzzing. It was her son. I just want to tell you that they have rushed, now this woman was in her 40s. They rushed my mom to St. John's. She's having a heart attack. They may have to do surgery. You know how much trash got hauled away? None. You know how much weed eating got done? None. Do you know what time I got home that night? About 1 o'clock in the morning. We waited on the doctor all day. Finally, at 10.30 that night, 11 o'clock, I thought, i got to go because they're going to kick me out of the hospital. The doctor finally showed up at like 11.30 that night to talk to her, and she had to have a, a catheter, catheterization in her, in her artery. But guess what? Something like that will disturb us if we're not careful. Are we content when we're disrupted? Are we content when something doesn't go our way? Are we content when it wasn't planned like this, but it happened anyway? Another definition of disturbed is to, to feel anxious. Do you feel anxious about something? The Bible talks about anxiety. We live in a generation where many people suffer and deal with anxiety, right? Disquieted. Disquieted means make someone worried or anxious. Hey, it worries you when you got bills to pay and you don't have the money to pay it. Well, I mean, some people don't care. You know, that'll be all right. That'll be all right. We're going to be all right. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, it's getting ready to come in the mail. All you Fayette County residents, you know what? That brown envelope, oh, that brown envelope is from hell. Amen. I don't know, Brother Vernie, what county, Marion? What county are you in down there? 
What color your that envelope come in for you? White. Oh, they disguise it. They don't do it here. It's just brown. And here it comes. And man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And you get anxious. But the Bible talks about don't be anxious. The Bible says don't worry about it. What are you talking about, Pastor? It doesn't say satisfied. Now look, it doesn't say satisfied to the point where you don't want to change. Okay? I don't want to be content that I'm satisfied right where I'm at and I don't want to get better. I want to get better. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. Right? Don't we want to be better? But satisfied for now until God brings the change. I'm satisfied at this point. I'm content here, but I'm not satisfied. I'm content, but I want more. But I'm thankful for what I have right here. You see what I'm saying? Is that making sense? So we're, we're going to move on here. Verse 6 of Philippians 4 sheds more light. It says, uh, have no anxiety about anything, but in all things by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, continue to let God know what you want. So, don't worry. The New Living says it like this, and I've quoted it a hundred times. Don't worry about anything. Now, don't raise your hand. How many of us worry? We all do. But the gospel says, don't worry. Now, how are we going to do that? Don't worry. I got bills to pay. But you serve a God who made the money trees. They're just hidden away. We don't know where they're at yet. Raiders of the lost ark, raiders of the money trees. Where are the money trees? Anybody got a money tree in your yard? Share. Remember? Share the wealth. The game of life card, share the wealth. Yeah. So when you have no anxiety, but we put everything in prayer and supplication, how do you do that? Moaning and groaning? Huh? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, I'm going to believe, God, you provided before, and you're going to provide now. And this kind of comes as you walk with the Lord. This kind of comes as you get battles under your belt and victories under your belt. Okay? If you just came in and got the Holy Ghost and, and got baptized and got birthed into the kingdom, it may be a while for you to get some victories under your belt. And they're going to be small victories. But as you go on this journey, you're going to get more victories and more victories. And you're going to climb higher mountains and conquer them. And then you have another high mountain. Well, the, this mountain can't be a problem because it didn't take care of those other mountains back there. David, what did David say when he got to Goliath? Goliath wasn't his first battle. He said, God already gave me the bear. God gave me the lion. He already had victories. And so we already have victories, so we're going to let anxiety go. Because anxiety is saying, I'm worried about this because I don't know if you can provide for me. See where we're going? See how that is? And then you have faith that's in reverse. And you actually believe that God can't do when God can do anything. Make sense? So let's paraphrase this in our language. Let's break it down. Don't be upset about anything no matter what's happening. Stop being upset. Don't get mad at me. Stop being upset. Does that mean I don't care? No. You do care. But there is that confidence in contentment. There is that confidence in contentment that says, he helped me here, he's going to help me here. He did it over here, I'm not worried about this over here. Okay? I used to get worried about tax bills, okay? Now, I get a tax bill, and it may be, it may be 12 or 15,000. Yeah, that's a lot, stacking up a lot of ones. That's a lot of quarters. That's a lot of quarters. One year, I paid all my property taxes on one of, 
apartment complex with all the quarters from the laundry room. I was bringing the quarters in in buckets that you wash cards. It's about Walmart buckets. And they gave me a seat, a chair, an office chair at the bank. And if I could get the bucket to the chair at the door, then I could push it the rest of the way to to the coin machine. It was like, uh, at that time, it was like $3,600 in quarters. How many quarters is that? 3,600 times four. So 36 and 36 is 72. So 14,200 quarters. Amen. That weighs a lot. Glory to God. Now, if he can take care of a $10,000 tax bill, he can take care of this $10,000 tax bill. If he can take care of this situation over here then, he can do this now. Why? Because I'm becoming content in him. I'm not letting anxiety and anxiousness, if that's a word, I'm not letting it get a hold of me. I've got this strong confidence. Look at, look at Moses. What did Moses do? Did Moses freak out when he's standing in front of the Red Sea? Pharaoh's armies behind the children of Israel. All, they're, all, they're all freaking out. Pharaoh's coming to get us. We don't even have, death, we don't even have grave plots. We didn't, even, we didn't even go buy a grave plot. We're going to die here in the wilderness. And what did Moses just stand there? And he said, Stand still and watch what God's going to do. That's what sometimes, that's contentment. So let's go on. So let's pray about it and tell God your need. And while you're waiting, now watch, now you're waiting for God to move. Be a very thankful and grateful person for all that God has already done. God has already done this, he's going to take care of that. God has already done this, he's going to take care of that. See how it's working? It's like a test. When you don't pass the test, what do you have to do at times? You've got to do a retake. You've got to retake the test. And so that's what happens. When our faith is challenged, every time it's challenged, we have to take a retake. Until we finally realize, guess what, if God did this here... He is able to do it here. And so there's no room for anxiety. There's no room for stress. Keep this in mind. If God never did one thing for us except this, he filled us with his Holy Ghost, he washed us in his blood, he wrote our names down in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's more than enough. That all by itself is enough. But now we're living in extra things. Now we're living in extra blessings. Now we're thankful because of what God is doing here and what God did over here. So now Emily, Emily gets this disability. And I told her the other day, I said, this is before we knew the disability came in. I said, Emily, oh, by the way, can I tell them about your finances? This Emily is also debt-free. She has no debts. Amen. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I said, guess what, Emily? It's time to start thinking about driving. And she said, I don't know. Because I know the last time her and her mom drove, they ended up in a ditch down by St. Peter. Amen. Oconee? Went down there somewhere? It's just a ditch. We're in the country. And listen, that's hard to realize in Fayette County, Illinois, you're in the country somewhere. Amen. There's lots of country out there. What am I saying? So now I'm saying you're debt-free. That's one battle. Your disability, you got it. That's another battle. If God can do these two, he can give you a car. And you can master that driving. And you can get around and do what you want to do and go where you want to go. I believe God's got it for her. Why? Because we're finding contentment and thankfulness in walking with the Lord. So we're being, being thankful from the heart is necessary for the receiving of God's continued favors in our lives. Have you ever been around somebody, all they do is complain? How much time you want to spend with them? Not too much. Right? You don't want to spend time with somebody, that all they do is complain all the time. They complain and they have breath in their body. They complain and they're not in a nursing home. They complain and they have money. They have a car. 
Yeah, it may not be it, it may not be a Cadillac, but it's wheels. You know? It's the wheels. You know? Somebody said, your suburban has rust on it. I said, I drive so fast they can't even see the rust. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. And so this thankfulness that we have gives us and continues God's favor in our lives. Verse 7 says after this, have no anxiety and no care. Tell God your need and be thankful. There it is. One, two, three. A, B, C. One, two, three. Right? Oh, yeah. A, B, C. One, two, three. Yeah. No cares. No anxiety. Tell God what you need and be thankful. There it is. It's that simple. But we get all stressed. How am I going to do this? And we get worried. Worry is paying on a debt that doesn't exist. Have you ever worried about something that never happened? Now, I do want to see your hands there. Have you ever worried about something that never happened? All of us have. We worry about things that don't happen. What does that do? That eats up. That eats up our faith. When you do those three things, no anxiety, no cares, you tell God what you need and you be thankful, when you do those things, tremendous peace and contentment come upon you because you're resting in the Lord. That's what I was talking about last, last week, resting in Him. Walking with the Lord should not be a struggle. It should not be a, what's the word I'm looking for? It shouldn't be, how about this word, you ready? Here you go, Pat. This shouldn't be laborious. You like that one? Oh, yeah, she said. Oh, yeah. It shouldn't be laborious. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't be hard. It should come natural. Is this helping you? Anybody's all right? No matter what state you're in, while you're waiting for God to work out his will in your life. You're just thankful waiting on God. I want more, but I'm waiting here right now. Now, I have told God several times. I said, now, you gave us this building. We've got lots of room here. And we got 13.8 acres. Now, I don't know what you're doing. Are you just, you just are you going to fill it? Oh, you said that to him, Pastor? Well, yeah, I was already thinking it, so I might as well vocalize it. He already knew what I was thinking. Are you going to fill this thing? You know, I'm ready. You know, you've been praying for your kids to be saved, Lord. You promised me they're going to be saved. Your husband, your spouse, your wife. You going to, you going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to praise you for it. I'm going to praise you for it, Lord. I'm going to be thankful for it. I'm going to be thankful, and I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. And I'm going to keep thanking you. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to thank you. we got one of two choices. You complain or you thank him. How about that? Let's not forget Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Amplify says it like this. We are assured and know that God being a, watch, God being a partner in their labor, so God is a partner with us, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. God has a plan. Doesn't matter what crisis you're in, doesn't matter what red sea's in front of us, God has a plan for it. It did not take God by surprise. It did not take God by accident. He already knew it was coming. The biggest disappointment you've ever had, God already knew it before it got to you. Some of you have had some big disappointments. The biggest emptiness and void in your life from the biggest disappointment in your life. God knew you'd have it. And he's trying to help fill that with contentment. He's trying to fill those areas in your life that are, are you're wanting in. And you're needing assurance. And you're needing this. And you're needing that. So God is working things that are fitting into a plan for good. To, the, to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called according to his purpose. 
Margo, you're called according to his purpose. Don't, you're not supposed to say what. You're supposed to look at me and say, Tracy, you're called according to his purpose. Margo, you're called according to his purpose. <laughs> yeah? Why did it go away? So you were paying the tithes, you were giving the tithes, and the anxiousness went away. Why? Because it was his word. What, I'm looking for something else. Why? Did you begin to see him moving in a different way than before? You saw it. So, so Bernie says, for those of you out there in radio land that can't hear him, Bernie says, Bernie came out of the Lutheran church, okay? He, him and my mother probably sat on the same pew together, okay? My mom came out of the Lutheran church. Okay, so at the Lutheran church, he said, maybe give him a buck in the offering, but then, once he came into the kingdom, the spirit-filled kingdom, he began to tithe because that was the word. And then the tithing, after he began to tithe, the anxiousness left. Okay, so what kind of anxiousness did you have before? Health problems. Okay, so then you started tithing, and then, and then the health problems began to fix themselves. You began to get healed up, okay? And because you were in obedience. So when you walk in obedience, that's when the, the plan is put in action. God has a plan. Now watch. This is, this is hard on us. God has a plan for us to fit into. We do not have a plan for God to fit in our plan. Thy kingdom, the prayer he prayed was, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we want to pray, My kingdom come, my will be done. And it doesn't work that way. And we have to learn how to walk in obedience. And when we walk in obedience, according to his design and his purpose, just like Brother Vernie was saying, when he, when he started the tithing, things started falling into place, not only possibly in his business, but also in his health and every other area of his life. And then the anxiety leaves. You ever met somebody walking with the Lord and nothing seems to bother them? I mean, the, the, the roof could be crashing in. And they're like, okay, praise the Lord. You ever met somebody like that? They're walking in contentment. They're walking in, you know? We'd be like, ah, the roof's coming in. I wake you up. Praise the Lord. What are we going to do? The roof's coming in. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Chicken little. What's going on? What's happening? Oh, the roof's coming. Yeah. Okay. What to fix that? Contentment, anxiety. Which one do you want to live with? I want to live with the contentment. It's a lot easier on your blood pressure. Amen. Amen. Even in the hard times, God can work into perfect plan. He can work his perfect plan into your life in hard times. Guess what? You cast your care and you be thankful. Lord, I got this due. It's all yours. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to take care of it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to work toward it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to do what I can in my part. But yet at the same time, it's his plan. It's his purpose. Take inventory each day of what you have instead of counting up all the things that you don't have. What do you have instead of what don't you have? Mm. Meditate on what God has done in your life instead of what you are still waiting on him to do. Hey, God's given you a good life. You know? All these college agers are buying houses now. Bobby and Caitlin got a house. Jonathan got a house. Tim signs on a house. Brad Beck's trying for a house. Amen. Emily, when are you going to get your house? Have you told your landlord? Oh, you did? Okay. All right. 
Just making sure. You got to give him a 30 day notice. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Kevin, you going to buy a house? Okay. What am I saying? What's going on? I'm saying God is going to work in your life. Just be thankful. Be content. You got your whole life. See, we want to, oh, we want patience. How many of you want patience? Don't ask for that. I'm going to tell you, because patience does not come from Amazon. Mm-mm. No. No. You don't order patience and it comes from Amazon or Walmart.com. They don't deliver patience to your door. You know why? Because the thing is, if crazy people drive you crazy and you pray for patience, what is God going to do? He is going to send a whole busload of crazy people into your life to build patience. Because God is not interested in giving to you, he wants to build it in you. Because once he builds it in you, it will affect you, and he can use that the rest of his life. If you just get it from Amazon, you're going to play with it for a while until you get bored and throw it away. But when he builds it in you, there you go. Amen? When he builds it in you. Because our flesh, our flesh wants to concentrate on what we don't have. It wants to concentrate on, I've been serving the Lord for 17 minutes. And I still am not living in my mansion. I've been living for the Lord this long and this still hasn't happened. And watch this, don't compare what you got to what somebody else has. Don't even look at that, because God has a different plan for them than he has for you. My kids say, I'm, you're the, you're, we don't even like buying you presents. You're the hardest person to buy for. They say, what do you want for Father's Day? I don't know. A couple years ago, it was good. I wanted a pistol. I want a gun. Hallelujah. I want to go out and shoot something. I want a gun. Well, that was good. Everybody chipped in. We got a gun. So the next year, what do you want for Father's Day? I don't know. I got my pistol last year. I don't know. How about some, can I have a box of bullets? Can't, I, didn't, I haven't shot it all year because I didn't have any bullets. Now I can get bullets. Amen. See, it takes time. Got to be patient. So our flesh wants to say what you don't have. Our spirit wants to ask God for what you don't have, yet concentrate on what you do have. I ain't got this yet, Lord. I'm looking for this, but I'm thankful for this. I'd like to have this, God. You see, it's not, I want this. I'd like to have it if it's your will. You see how that goes? John 14, 27 in the Amplified Classic says, Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Stop getting agitated. Stop getting disturbed. Amen. Jesus left us a legacy of peace and he wants us to use it. He wants you to be at rest and he wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be able to lay down at night and go to sleep. You shouldn't be staying up till 2, 3, 4 in the morning because your mind is just racing. God's promised his saints sweet rest. You ought to be able to go to sleep. If you can't go to sleep, i got scriptures for you that you start quoting them and you'll go to sleep. Are you sure, Pastor? Hey, listen, I've lived this almost 40 years. There'd be nights I'd be so tired, and as soon as my head hit the pillow, my mind would kick into overdrive. I know none of you have ever had that happen. And then for the next two hours, three hours, four hours, your mind is just racing. Anybody ever had that? Yeah? What'd you do? Well, I went to the Word. Because in the Scriptures is an answer for everything you face in life. And I found all the scriptures on sleep and how the Lord wanted me to have sweet rest. And he wanted me to have sleep. And he wanted me to have peace. And so I'd get those scriptures and I'd start quoting them. Plus I'd go into a little spiritual warfare. I'd rebuke every devil that came in that room. I'd rebuke every spirit of restlessness and sleeplessness, every spirit 
that would try to take sleep away from me because I got to get up in the morning and I got to do this. I rebuke you and I bind you in the name of Jesus. I cast you out. I'm asleep in 15 to 20 minutes after that. Amen. Fight it. Walk in contentment. Rest in him. Rest in him. I've discovered through the years of my experience, many of these years I spent in frustration, discontentment. Watch, that the secret of being content is to ask God for what I want and know that if it's right. God, if, you, if this is right for me, I'll take it. But if it's not right for me, I don't want it. How about that? If it's not right for me, I don't want it. If it fits in what your plan is for me, remember, a few scriptures back, he had a plan for us. And so in that plan, God, if what I am wanting is right for me, I'll take it. I'm content right here, but I'm, I'm still growing. I'll take what you got for me if it's what you want me to have. Now, if it's not what you want me to have, I don't want it. Does that make sense? Okay, you getting that deer in the headlights look. He will bring it to pass at the right time if that's what he wants. And if it isn't right, God will do something much better than what I asked for anyway. Did you ever ask for something that you didn't get, but when God brought something else, it was better than what you asked for? You see how it's clicking? You thought you wanted this, but when that didn't seem to happen, God brought this over here, and it was so much better. That's like right here, right now. If I'm cold, I stand under these lights. Because they'll warm me up. And if I'm hot, I go over here in the darkness and I cool off. God, do you want me to have it? And he gives me something better. Oh, Lord, that was way better. Your plan is so much better than mine. That makes sense. Making sense to you. We must learn to trust God completely if we ever in, want to enjoy peaceful living. If you ever want to enjoy peaceful living, we have to learn how to trust God. It's good to trust God for something, but God is calling his people not only to trust him for something, but to trust him for everything. Everything. Brother Chris, Brother Chris has been doing a walk by faith the last year and a half or so. He'll tell me about how he's, he's doing this and how he's changing this and how this is happening. And I'm admiring him. I'm like, okay, all right. Hallelujah. Because he's, he's doing a trust fall in God's arms. He's saying, here I am. Catch me if you can. Think God's going to let him fall? No. God's not going to let him fall. Because we're going to trust him in everything. Genesis chapter 50. Verse 20, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, talks about Joseph. He was talking to his brothers who had mistreated him, who had thrown him in a pit, who had sold him into slavery years before. He's now meeting his brothers years later, and he said this, As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. What you thought was evil, God turned it around for good. And you see, sometimes that'll happen in life too. Something evil may be coming at you and God will twist it and make it good for you. God's not there to disappoint you. God's not there to let you down. God wants to see it happen. The very thing, listen, the very things that we think are awful right now very often can turn out to be a great blessing in our lives. The greatest trial can develop in you the greatest faith. The greatest amount of heat can produce the clearest of diamonds. Whatever you're going through, bad stuff makes good things sometimes. God looks at us and says this, you can only see the end of your nose, which isn't very far off your face, and you assume that every, anything that doesn't feel good isn't good. But I see the beginning to end because I am the beginning and the end, and I know many things that you don't know. How about that? We know in part, God knows all. We understand in part, 
one day we'll understand all because God will reveal it to us then. That's where we walk by faith and we walk in contentment. This is, I, I relate to this one. Exercise doesn't feel good. Okay? To me, exercise is like you get to the table and you lift. <laughs> I mean, you're working your wrist, you're working your elbow, you're working your bicep. I mean, if you put a lot of mashed potatoes on a spoon, that gets heavy. Especially if you get a big spoon. One of those serving spoons and you you got a wad of mashed potatoes as big as your face. That's heavy. That almost makes you cramp right up there. Exercise doesn't feel good, but it is good. When a, watch this. When a rebellious child receives a spanking, it doesn't feel good, but it is good. There are some times where I just enjoy watching a kid get a spanking. Because I'm like keeping a scorecard, and it's like, oh, they are way overdue. They are way overdue for a spanking. In fact, if I have any input, I'll try to, oh, I, they were doing that. Yep. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, you, yeah, he need hammer. Hammer time. Right? Can't touch this. Right. <laughs> that spanking helps that kid. Now, this is not a scripture for the daycare in 2020, but it is a scripture for the ages from the Word of God. The Bible says, if you beat the child, he shall not die. If thou beatest him, he shall not die. Spare the rod, spoil the child. You spare him the, the rod, you hate him. One place it says you hate, the, you hate your son if you, spo- if you spare the rod. You know, God put, and you know, you don't beat kids upside the head, you know, and all that. God gave that, he put that rumpus right there. You know, he put her there. Right there it is. It's padded. Amen. It's, it's all good. Now, that child doesn't think it's good, but it shows them away more perfectly. And it's amazing. It's amazing the respect that child will have after that beating, after that spanking. Let's change our words. Let's go back and erase that beating part. It's amazing what that child's attitude will be. I'll never forget the first time Megan got a spanking. I can't, she's not here to defend herself. She can remember it anyway. But, I mean, she was about 18 or 20 months old. You say, you spanked her? Oh, Lord, yeah. Yeah. We spanked all our kids. I mean, I broke all kinds of stuff over Mitchell. I broke wooden spoons. I broke metal spoons. I broke spatulas. Amen. I did not break belts. Belts. Belts are good. Hallelujah. First of all, you double the belt over and you're going down the hall snapping it. And they think the Gestapo's coming. And now I'm learning that Marcus and, May, Marcus and Mitchell went home and put on un, extra underwear and shorts and all kinds of stuff. And, and I go in there and say, ah, pull those underwear down. And then go to the bare skin. So then you go to, to whop them, and then they put their hands back there. Then they get their hands. I said, you shouldn't put your hands back there. Are you, are you kidding me? So we, we felt like that if you beat them, we got paid for every beating spanking that you gave. This, this, this lesson will not go out out in the internet we're going to shut her down amen but megan was about 18 or 20 months old and she had this attitude and i'm telling you what i popped her on her diaper and her mom was coming by and her mom popped her too now i'm not talking about a i'm talking about a, that diaper's about that thick you got to get their attention and when she got popped by both of us her whole attitude changed. She was like, Mommy, Daddy. She was, she was the greatest kid. Well, she wasn't right before that. So you can, the spankings, they're hurting. 
but there's good in it. Exercise, it hurts, but there's good in it. You got to get that cardio up. Hebrews 12 teaches us that no chastening for the present seem, for the present seems joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, later on, its, on it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let's see what Hebrews 12 says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the, at the right hand of the throne of God. We need to learn to be more concerned with later on than right now. Be concerned with later on than right now. Our journey is projected forward, right? We're headed for a city. Not today, tomorrow. We're headed for a city coming up in eternity. We're headed there. Hebrews 12 says that the joy was set before him. Jesus endured the cross, despised the shame, but he's now seated at the right hand of God. When Jesus was on the cross, I believe that he saw the day of Pentecost in his spirit. I believe Jesus saw each one of us in the kingdom. And he said, it's worth it. It's worth it for me to hang here. Amen. So listen, listen. Let's be willing to endure for a season if it will seat us at his right hand of authority and power. Let's be willing to be content here because over here, it's going to pay off. Hey, it's not easy living for the Lord. It's hard. It all been easier for all of you to stay home tonight and watch Netflix. Ugh. I can't even get Netflix turned on on my television. And it's got a button on the remote. I don't know how to do all that. But guess what? You're... you're WNWs, Wednesday Night Warriors, and you're here. Amen. It's hard. It's hard to come to prayer meeting. We've worked in churches that had prayer meeting. We had little kids. We'd have one kid laying under the pew asleep, but the other one was so small. The church was big enough. We put the kid in the stroller and walked around the sanctuary in the stroller with the kid, speaking in tongues for an hour. Oh, I've done it all. Doesn't at all. Why? Because the end's worth it. That's where I'm headed for. Amen. So in conclusion, let's say that the sum of the whole matter is this. Let's all stand. Look at that, 830. Lord, what a... Pastor of the year, right here. I don't know who else is running against me, but... Here's the conclusion. Number one, trust God. Trust God. Number two, hide yourself in the secret place in him. Build that relationship with him. Remember the word I talked about last week, abide. Abide in him. Stay in him. He put you here, stay here. He birthed you here, grow here. Voila. Voila. God loves you. He is a good God who only does good things. Be content knowing that his way is perfect. And he brings with him a great recompense of reward for those who trust in him. Remember, his way is perfect. He's got your back. He knows what you need. He knows what you're going to ask for. He knows what he's got in his plan for you. Just trust him. Be content and let him put it together. Don't get ahead of it. Don't get ahead of it. Just be content and let him trust you. Amen. There you go. That state of contentment, developing contentment in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, hope you enjoyed it. That's all I got tonight. Well, I got more, but you probably want to leave. You still got time to go to Dairy Queen. Amen. Feed your flesh. Johnny Worley was here. He'd go to Wendy's. Chicken nuggets. He took me to Wendy's one night, and I, I wasn't thinking because I was used to Denny's. And Denny's is open all night long. Well, we sat there half a night, and finally the manager said, uh, uh, we're closed. We'd like to clean up and go home. I'm like, oh, sorry, because I forgot we were at Wendy's, and Wendy's closes. Denny's doesn't close, man. I said, Johnny, why are you bring me here and let me get yelled at by the manager? 
Really? Come on. Come on. All right. So be thankful. Don't be anxious. Right? Don't be anxious. Be thankful. Tell God what you need. Three steps. Don't be anxious. Relax. Tell God what you need and be thankful. And he'll do the rest. Amen? One other thing I want to say. One other thing I want to say. Okay? And if you want, if you want God to give you the right spouse, then what you need to do is date God. What do you mean, Pastor? Date God. I mean, treat God like he's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Treat him like he's your love. And you know what he'll do? He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's free tonight. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, each and every one of us would find contentment. I pray that you would help us develop contentment in our lives. That, Lord, you know what we need, and we're going to trust you, and then we're going to be thankful. And we're just going to wait on you, God, to do what you need to do in our lives. Be with each and every one of us now. Bless each and every one here tonight that made the journey. I pray, God, that the words that were spoken tonight will take root in their lives and bring forth much fruit. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would become strong men and women of God. That, Lord, they will be able to shake off the attacks of the enemy. They would become stronger in their weak areas. And, God, they would become more powerful in their strong areas. I just pray this in the name of Jesus. Be with them. Give them a good rest of the week. Let us be ready for your coming, Lord, should you announce that in the next few moments or next few days before we'd come together again. Let us all be ready for your coming. Anoint us for this end time that we live in, and God will give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight, brothers and sisters. Okay. There it is.